the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. Since I met you, I haven't been the same. I don't sleep a wink at night, and I've lost my appetite. Seems I can't forget you, and you are to blame. Oh, hi! Are any you boys looking for a date? You see, I'm what they call a a working girl. I used to work at a house on North 2nd Street called Little Cameron, and now I live on on Division Street. My name is Anna Daniel, but everybody calls me Dickie. It's my name and my specialty. (laughs) I've had lots and lots of boyfriends, But I got me a real special one right now. His name is Albert Kennett, and he's a real professional man. He's he's three years younger than I am, and he works as his dentist, and sometimes he helps his daddy. Albert's daddy is William Kennett. That's right, Dr. William Kennett, the surgeon. He's a big deal in town, and I guess my little Albert is too. And Albert and I like to have a good time, you know, boozing it up and taking my, my medicine. And with Albert's connections, he keeps me well supplied. I like to take morphine, but both Albert and I like dosing a stiff whiff of ether or chloroform. It helps me calm down after being on my back all day. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to see Albert right now. He says he's going to have some more medicine for me today. (laughs) Don't they know you love me so? Can't deny it. Please don't try it. Who gave me that lovesick feeling? Who? Starting my senses reeling. Annie Daniel was found dead in her home in the early morning of February 2nd, 1888. A former boyfriend, after repeatedly knocking on her door, became alarmed and broke the lock. He discovered Annie lying on the floor in her nightdress. Her clothes, the bed, and the carpet were soaked in kerosene. Also on the floor were two candles burnt down to the nubs. The candles were extinguished before they could ignite the room. Annie's body was stiff and cold, and it appeared she had been dead for several days. The coroner's report claimed she had died from an overdose of chloroform and morphine. After the investigation, Albert Kennett was charged with murder. The trial that began on May 29, 1888, unfolded a sensational and gruesome tale. 
Doctors revealed Annie was three weeks pregnant at the time of her death. It was discovered through the testimony that Albert had mixed chloroform and ether and had given it to her. He tried to give her more on a handkerchief, but she protested, so he waited until she was asleep. He tried once more, but again she resisted. He persuaded her to take deep breaths. On the third breath, she started to go black in the face. After her final struggle, Albert poured some of the mixture in her nostrils. She would die a few minutes later. It was then revealed that he slept next to her dead body for several nights. Albert said it didn't bother him because with his medical training, he was used to stiffs. He had busied himself for days after the murder with selling Annie Daniels' furniture and other belongings for cash and sending others to an unnamed woman in Petersburg, Illinois. Before finally leaving the cross and the scene of the crime, he soaked the room in kerosene around Daniel's lifeless body and lit the candles. Kenneth's arrest was made in Petersburg, Illinois, after a telegram was sent from La Crosse for the local authorities to detain him. He was in the company of the mysterious unnamed woman, which the record only describes as a person of good family who knew nothing of his habits. It was rumored the two were to be married, but no record of that ever happening exists. The most damning testimony of the trial came from William Maisel, a friend of Daniel's and Kennett's, and an employee of the Miller and Fritz meat market. Maisel claimed Kennett told him Annie Daniel had moved out west. He said Kennett had sat in the butcher shop and timed how long it took two candles to burn down while claiming he was going to place a skeleton from his father's office so that people would think that it was Annie Daniel's body. Albert Kennett was found guilty of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in Wapon State Prison. Albert Kennett's parents, convinced of their son's innocence, used their wealth and influence and lobbied for a pardon. On August 15, 1896, Governor Upham granted the pardon. A 1900 census shows him residing in Chicago, living as a lodger and working as a dentist. After that, it is possible he worked as a chief steward on board a merchant ship that ran from Mexico and up the East Coast. A death record for Albert Kennett shows a death date of February 18, 1927, in Queens, New York. It was never confirmed that this was the same individual that had perpetrated one of the most horrid crimes in lacrosse history. And now I'd like to welcome in Barry McKnight, the Programming and Community Engagement Coordinator at the Lacrosse Public Library and former member of the Archive staff who did some of the initial research for this story. I began researching the Annie Daniel murder back in 2015, and I was immediately taken with this strange murder tale. As I followed the account of the murder and subsequent trial through the newspapers from the time, I was continually shocked and, I confess, thrilled at the, as the lurid details emerged. It's a strange tale, something that could literally have been drawn from the penny dreadfuls and dime novels at the time. It had everything, a, a tragic soiled dove, a wayward son from a prosperous and well-known lacrosse family, a terrible murder, and bizarre attempts at a cover-up. It all seemed like a perfect story for dark lacrosse. Annie Daniel, otherwise known as Dickie Denyer, was a 26-year-old prostitute and a close friend of Frankie LaSalle, a famous lacrosse madam. LaSalle is featured in an earlier episode of this series if you'd like to hear more about her. Miss Daniel had the reputation of a drunk who often got out of control. She often dosed herself or was dosed by others with chloroform, ether, or morphine to calm her down. While she had a number of partners or boyfriends, she spent a lot of time with Albert Kennett, the 23-year-old son of a local prominent doctor and surgeon, William Kennett. Albert worked as a dentist and a sometime assistant for his father. He lived with his parents and siblings. 
Annie Daniel was found dead in her home early in the morning of February 2nd, 1888, by her ex-boyfriend, A.P. Allen, a conductor on the Burlington Railroad. He quickly alerted the authorities. Albert Kennett was brought back from Petersburg, Illinois, where he had fled because he was a known associate of Annie Daniel. The coroner's jury rendered a verdict on February 6, 1888, that Annie Daniel died as a result of an overdose of chloroform and morphine administered by Albert Kennett. Kennett was arraigned on February 7, 1888, on a charge of murder at a preliminary examination. The trial began in earnest on May 29, 1888. At the trial, uh, Dr. Frank Powell, otherwise known as White Beaver, testified that he had treated Annie three weeks before her death, and she was pregnant at the time, or as it was put, enciente. Other testimonies showed that Kennett, on previous occasions, had obtained chloroform and ether for his father's practice, had purchased four ounces of each at a local pharmacy. Also testifying against Kennett in the trial was his one-time cellmate, George Daniels, to whom he allegedly confessed. Daniels related the story to Sheriff William Duncan and District Attorney George Gordon. He said that Kennett had told him he had been with Annie Daniel on the evening of January 29th and said that she had asked him to use chloroform on her because she was, quote, nervous, unquote. After giving her the fatal concoction, he waited about 15 minutes before laying down in bed beside her and going to sleep after making it look like she had given herself the chloroform. The next day, he searched her house for money and then went to his parents' house for supper. He returned to her house that night and again slept next to her dead body. He slept next to it the following day on Tuesday the 31st after finding some money hidden underneath her carpet. According to George Daniels, Kennett gave him three letters to deliver when he was released. The first was to go to his parents, the second to William Maisel, and the third to Perry Gates, asking him to send him a hacksaw. Oddly, Gates would later become a lacrosse police officer who was killed in the line of duty in 1900. Daniels turned these letters over to the sheriff and the district attorney. Kennett was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison in Wapon State Prison. On August 15, 1896, Wisconsin Governor Upham pardoned Albert Kennett. It was the first pardon issued by the governor to a life prisoner. Albert Kennett moved to Chicago sometime after his release. It does not appear that the mysterious unnamed lady waiting to marry him mentioned in the story actually did so. Thanks for listening.